And welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 179. Connor, we're getting up there. 179 wow. episodes. Oh, we got to do something big for 200. No one else will just come on here and kind of, you know, shoot the shit about the Bruins, which is what the people want. Yes. Um, that's what, no, I think that's, that's all, paramount. All talking about, like, the 99 or uh, our favorite Christmas gifts. We'll just have the entire, we like a two-hour episode just of that. We got to play the hits of what annoys people the most, which yes. is just us not talking about the Bruins. So we got to do 30 minutes to an hour on everything other than Bruins. You can get our p- opinions on everything. Um, but yeah, 179, that's Connor Ryan, Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. And uh, there's been an interesting development. We've This is a discussion, a topic we've talked about quite a bit since the end of last season. Since the playoffs. Uh, but Jim Montgomery had practice on Friday because the Bruins, again, have not played since 1874. I believe correct? that's correct. It's- I think that is the year. It gets kind of jumbled up. It gets in that little stretch. It's like it's the same. You don't know what president was there. It's like I said, Rutherford B. Hayes. You know, it's all <laughs> blends together up there. But I believe, yes, 74 is the year. If you snipe that with the president, I don't, I don't know who was president then, but if you snipe that, that'd be pretty freaking impressive. You can check that as I uh, segue into yes. a non 1874 topic. Uh, Jim Montgomery uh, was asked about, you know, the Bruins have six games in ten days coming up because of course they do. And uh, oh, were, were you wrong? Who was it? The Rutherford B. Hayes, 1877. Oh, you just missed that. It was Grant. It was Grant. Uh, the fifty dollar bill. Were you a big history buff in uh, in in? I still, I still am. I don't, I don't lose that. So yeah, no, that's but a good thing. Not, to have. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't, you know, shout out to Rutherford, Rutherford B Hayes. I mean, I didn't do him justice there by getting him a proper shout out. So my bad. Yeah, sorry to the sorry to Rutherford. Uh, yes. Our bad. Uh, your bad, not mine. I I would. Yeah, sure. I didn't do anything. I, I, you didn't go smart. You president. I didn't want I didn't I didn't want to you know uh, jump over you or anything uh, you know obviously I knew 1877 duh I mean come on yeah um, but I remember there was a back in the day there was like this little kid who would go on the Ellen Show and he was like a presidential ex no 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 it was a, it was a girl a little girl who was a presidential expert was obsessed with the presidents and one time they had Obama come out and she like met him and it was a big thing and I just remember she like knew everything there was to know about presidents and uh, I think that's fascinating I'm a big I'm with you I love like a good uh, historical uh, documentary I just watched one on HBO about the Kennedys. That was interesting. Um, there was one on like the Bush dynasty. I watched that. So yeah, I'll watch anything with like presidents or history. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I enjoy it. I, I um, feel like it's been the Bruins haven't even practiced since I think Kennedy was in office. That's how it feels. That's like. right. <laughs> it, it's, what, it's exactly. It feels like it. We do um, bag skates, not because they're easy, but because they are hard. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Ask not. What we can do for you, ask what you can do for the Bruins. Yes. That's more like well it. Said. I think that's more like it. This is a very patriotic uh, podcast now. Shout out to yeah, Brian this is started. And, and JFK for uh, yes. continuing us uh, to continue us on. Uh, but anyways, the Jim Montgomery administration. Let's focus yes. on the Montgomery administration. Uh, this is going to be a president a whole day. The whole yes. episode is going to be like president ref- presidential references. Uh, but Montgomery mentioned on Friday – 
the idea of potentially uh, going to the rotation in the playoffs. He was asked about the Bruins with six games in 10 days. And, uh, you know, will they continue the rotation? He said yes. Uh, Scott McLaughlin, our good friend Scott McLaughlin, WEEI, uh, mentioned, uh, hey, would you do that in the playoffs? And Montgomery basically said, yeah, I would. Um, where, what do you feel about this? Because I think uh, you and I are in agreement. It's a good move. Yeah, I mean, I think if it ain't broke, you know, don't you know, don't fix it, right? In terms of uh, this goaltending rotation, I think when they're both playing at a high level, you're able to, especially during the regular season. I think it's key in terms of keeping both those guys fresh. And again, when you kind of deviate from the script, of what you've been doing the whole year, like maybe it gets the most out of guys if they are going back and forth in net. You know, I'm liking the playoffs when it was Olmark for six games and. Um, beyond the fact that I think his play dipped and whether that's injury fatigue or just natural regression, um, not having that, that even split, I think kind of threw the Bruins off their game a little bit. Right. I think you look at just that, how that entire series went and it just seems like the Bruins were staggered for the first time all year, just deviated from their scripts. I uh, didn't really know how to respond. So if you have that duo in place for the playoffs, not only does it keep both guys fresh it adds an extra element of the other team having to game plan for two very good goalies out there. Um, but it seems like it just gets the most out of both those players and have them playing at a high level. So uh, definitely intriguing. Again, it's one thing to say it now on we're recording November 17th. I think to do it in April in the middle of it. Cause again, what happens it, it's human nature, right? What happens if Allmark has a fantastic game one, a 34 save shutout. So I mean, looks, mortal in the next game right and give it you know is then uh Allmark goes again has a great game do you stick with Allmark? do you go with Swayman and just have the faith in him to bounce back which seems like that's what the Bruins want to do but when you're in that situation where you could go up 3-1 or, or what have you or, or however it kind of maps itself out or if you're down in a losing rut and both guys you know Allmark plays bad however it plays out over a seven game stretch it's one thing to kind of talk about it, you know, and, and preach it, but I don't think to actually implement it during a game over a seven game series. So we'll be fascinating. We'll be talking about this the entire year. I'm sure we'll be talking about it. Probably ad nauseum. It will never stop. Once we get to February and March uh, in terms of what their plan is going to be, but when you look at how things ended last year and you got kind of the same rotation in place, once again, playing at arguably an even better, higher level. And they're more important to this current team. Might as well keep it rolling. Right. It's going to be a sick joke when they're out in the first round this year and they do try the goalie rotation and they screw it up. And it's like one year you didn't do the goalie rotation. It screwed you. The next year you did the goalie rotation and it screwed you. Um, I agree with you. I think. And the other thing is, and I'll, and I'll add to your point, if you're doing the rotation all season and then suddenly you say, all right, Linus or all right, Jeremy, you're going to play every game from here on out. It's a big change from playing every other game which is once every, what, four days yeah. to ev basically every other day for two and a half months. Right. Um, I think that's a big change. And you saw it with Olmark last year. Again, you mentioned injury, a little bit of fatigue. Um, if, if, just, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, it's fine, you know? There's no reason to to mess with that. And again, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out if one of them, you know, completely surpasses the other. But we're past just the beginning of the season. We are in the, you know, we're heading towards, not the middle, but, you know, the first quarter of the season. And these two are still at the top of their games. Um, even though Swayman's been a little bit better. But, like, that, again, that's like saying, you know, uh, you know, in your terms, butter pecan is better than, like, you know, caramel 
iced coffee from Dunks. Yes. You know, like it's you're okay. you got too high level, right? It's like yes. it's like pick it's like picking between you know, uh, uh, Breaking Bad and like Mad Men. You know, like they're just both elite tier shows. Mm-hmm. If one's better than the other, it doesn't mean the other sucks. Um, so, uh, I, am I right on the butter pecan? Are you butter pecan over caramel? I am. Yeah, I disagree with Mad Men. I'm not a big Mad Men guy. I feel like uh, people who like Mad Men are guys who like you know they get Manhattans and they have like one sip and leave it at the bar. That's what people like. Mad. I'm a Mad Men hater. I'm sorry, Evan. I know, I know you, you are. Which I'm pro Mad Men. I love Mad Men. Um, but I I don't know. I don't dabble in Manhattans very much. I do. I will say there have been times. It should have said old I've fashioned been. is what it should have been. But you well, did, so that was. Like, I, feel I, was like Don, I feel like Don Draper, and then you're like, wow, this is. Just bitter as hell, and you just leave it at the bottom. <laughs> no, I was gonna say one one time in college, we went out for a nice dinner for uh, one of my friend's birthdays, and we were at a nice establishment. I think it was in like Northampton, and uh, I saw an old fashioned on the menu, and I said, "Hell, I'm gonna try it." You know why not? And it was like 17 bucks, and I took like three sips, and I was like, yeah, "I hate yeah. this. This just yeah. sucks." Um, so I haven't gone back to it, and I, I that's why I don't do mixed drinks or or, or you know hard alcohol very much because if I'm not gonna like it. It's a lot of money spent on something I'm not drinking. So, um, but I know I feel you on that. I agree. But I like I loved Mad Men. I thought it was a fantastic show. Um, but we can discuss that uh, when this during the summer we'll when the schedule air, gets yeah. a little light. Yeah, yeah. I'll go watch a documentary on him. Um, but I, again, it probably would be very boring. Um, but uh, I, to me, like again, there's no reason to stray away from the two goalie tandem. And I know uh, you, you know you hit it there with like the. One guy's great in game one. What do you do game two? You know, what if you lose a game in a series because you didn't stick with one? I just, you know, however they lose in the playoffs, we're going to be critical of them, right? We're going to second guess every decision they make because that's how it goes. Last year was egregious, though, because that was, you know, I know it was going against the, you know, it, it wasn't the norm, but you did have a goalie tandem all year that worked. And then you went away from that. I think if, I think, if they did the goalie tandem all year this year, which they're going to do, and then they go to the playoffs and they do the goalie tandem and they lose, whether it's the first round, second round, third round, but they're still doing the tandem, there will be people who are critical of them, but they at least stuck with what they were doing and it just didn't work. And yeah. that's when you kind of have to put your hands up and go, you know what? We tried our best. We tried our best. Goalie Bob tried his best. He tried his magic touch on the situation. And I think, you know, again... We're going to crush them when they lose in, in April, May, or June. But I think if they stick with the plan, you go down it's with the hard ship. to... Yeah. Exactly. You go down with the ship. So I, I, I'm with you. you got to stick with two goalies. Um, and again, that's now. If things change, if one guy is way better than the other or someone's coming off an injury, then it's different, right? Then the, the, the conversation changes. But if things continue at this pace, it would be really not a good idea um to to go off of uh the two goalie tandem um speaking of things that are not surprising by the way david posternock on a 60 goal pace again he is uh fifth in the nhl with 11 goals uh which fifth is like it, it it's you know fifth because the guys in first are tied with 13 goals yeah. so he's really like second but he's technically fifth whatever um man. and man <laughs> and he's fourth fourth from our good friends over at FanDuel in the Hart Trophy odds uh, at plus 800. So Pasternak is uh, number four on that list. McDavid, by the way, has gone to like plus, I think, 300. Yeah. Then uh, it's Jack Hughes. I forget who's third. 
or I forget who's second or third. And then uh, Elias Pettersson is fifth. I think that is a great up, bet. Yeah. I think that's an awesome uh, sleeper bet. Uh, he's fifth. I think it's like plus 900 odds. Uh, but are you surprised that David Pasternak is lighting the world on fire once again? Uh, I'm probably a little surprised that he's, it's at this rate, right? I think we all expected him to take a slight dip. And what's a slight dip for a guy who had 61 goals this year? Oh, I guess we'll only have 45. Like, you know, ah. that's still something where uh, he's still so gifted offensively. But this is something that even Jim Montgomery mentioned on Wednesday that he was surprised that he was out at this current pace. I mean, I think it was uh, Kevin Paul DuPont of the Boston Globe did a, a piece t- kind of talking about the pace of Pasternak on and the last NHLer to have back-to-back 60 goal seasons, I think was Pavel Bure. Like a lot of good guys, oh, Jesus, like, a lot of good guys since then. Like, well, Vetchin's never had, I don't think back-to-back 60 goal years. I think only eight NHLers have done it in their career. And it's, a pretty good list to to be in if you're David Pasternak. So for him to do that with, again, Pasternak's so good that just off of that one time or off of his creativity, he can do a lot of damage. But when you don't have a proven guy at the bumper position and Bergeron on the power play, that made things really easy for him. When you don't have David Krejci at five on five play as well, um, a lot of it's fallen on Pasternak to kind of be the play driver and the guy that can kind of carry guys along with him. And whether it's with Zaka, especially uh, – at five on five on the power play, however you kind of map it out. Pasternak's kind of elevated beyond being a star talent or a, a guy that can impact play whenever he's out on a shift. He's he's like your cheat code. You can put him in, it's like GTA San Andreas. He just hit the X button a couple of times and all of a sudden you have a, a puck in the back of the net. That's like, you have a billion dollars in your GTA account. Exactly. So, I mean, that's just how good he is now at this level of his playing career. Um, and like, I think what's most impressive about him is something that Montgomery mapped out on Friday is that it's not like he's, you know, Ovechkin on the power play where you know what he's going to do, but he's so damn good at it that you can't stop it. Like he adjusts to kind of whatever the defense or however the season's going on, that he's become more of a puck possession guy. He's on pace for, I think, career high in assists as well this year. He's trying to be more of a playmaker, but has that shot that he can turn to when needed. It's just uh, whatever the Bruins need from him, he's so good that he can kind of adapt and roll with the punches while delivering with tangible results, right? It's not like he's being more of a puck possession guy and doing the little things that maybe don't factor into the score sheet. He's doing those things while also firing pucks into the net. Like there's very, very few guys in league history that can do that at a consistent basis, especially with how much turnover there's been on this roster uh, just over the last few months. You even look at like a guy like Ovechkin. I'm, I'm not demeaning him when I say yeah. this, but like he's a goal scorer. It's not a lot else. I mean, he plays physical. I'm not, you know, I, again, I don't want to take. It's, he's Alex Ovechkin. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But like, you know, there's the goal Evan's scoring and that there's the physicality. Ovechkin, Evan saying Ovechkin is the Rutherford B. Hayes of NHL. <laughs> he's he's clip like it. it. YouTube, YouTube shorts it. Instagram reels, TikTok. You know, boom. It's an easy one. Um, but uh, you know, again, the fact that Pasternak can do those little things be responsible in his own zone um, is impressive and still score at the rate he is uh, with whoever is on the ice with him at any time. Um, And he's not just being an empty net goal merchant. Uh, He is, he is not just uh, out there looking for the empty net. Um, Before we get into the rest of our show, Connor, quick word. We mentioned him a little bit, but quick word from our sponsor. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. 
The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And frankly, that's the best part about FanDuel, that you can bet on anything. You want to bet on how many wins the Patriots are going to have this year? Be my guest. Maybe how many shutouts Jeremy Swayman's going to have this season. Go for it. You can really do it all. So bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Mass. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. Gambling problem? Hope is here. Go to gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. So David Pasternak still doing uh, David Pasternak things. I mean, again, I just, you know, that one-timer, that release, like, so elite. Such an elite goal scorer. That's why I don't, I never understood. There's a little bit in this city, a little bit in this market of, Sometimes some hate for him, right? This, you know, you hear it every playoffs. Oh, he's he's not a playoff performer. His playoff numbers, by the way, are bananas. So, yes. like, I, I don't know where that narrative comes from. Because uh, he's not tough, you know. He's not he's not Matthew Kachuk. He's a rough and tumble. Um, but my God, I mean, that is one of the best releases, finishes, uh, anything in the league. Um, so I don't know why you wouldn't want that on your team, considering for how long around here was the narrative? Hey, the Bruins need a goal scorer. Bruins haven't had a goal scorer in a while. And it was a long time. I, I grew up with it. Even those that 2011 team, they didn't have a David Pasternak. Le- most goals on that team, I think, was Lucic with 30. Yes. And like six of them were from the empty net. Um, uh, so, again, I, 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 you know, Pasternak on a 60-goal pace. Uh, little Again, I'm a little surprised just given the guys around him. But I'm also not surprised because of how good he is. Um, you know, it's interesting. On uh, Tuesday, which was the last Bruins game, it wasn't 1874. I went and looked it up while we were okay. while the sorry, dad was playing. That was a lapse in my yeah. Sorry. And, and it was a little sooner than 1874, so I, I did have that wrong. Uh, Carissa Thompson told me it was 1874. Oh, okay. Good. I, I just went off yeah. that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> hard not to take it seriously. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, Tuesday's win over the Sabers. Uh, you know, they score a bunch of goals. Granted, they gave up a little bit in that third period. Uh, you know, again, I guess it's understandable. It's also not the greatest thing in the world. Um, but do you think that's sort of a blueprint for how this offense can sort of pop when needed? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to the the defense being engaged and just getting pucks on net, right? That's something that Montgomery talked about before the season started, that a lot of the offense has to start from the blue line. And I think you're seeing it. Like The one thing Montgomery has said is that even though this team's five on five numbers aren't really jumping out. Even like their high danger rate is kind of more pedestrian than it was last year. And obviously this is a team that values, you know, quality over quantity in terms of their shot selection. One thing Montgomery says they've been doing a pretty good job at is they're getting forwards to the front of the net, but in order to cash in on those chances and generate, even if it's not a goal, a rebound, a tip puck, a grade a chance down there, need pucks to fly in there and bounce off a, a skate, bounce off the goalies pads, what have you. And they've been doing one part of it. You're just not getting enough shots from the blue line or from guys activating to make a difference there. So, I mean, Heinen's first goal comes off of a McAvoy shot where he's kind of being aggressive with the puck. Lindholm gets a power play goal. Again, I don't know how many times you're going to see Carlo like join a four and four rush there. I mean, you'll take it, right? Good heads up play by him. But I think when you look at the baseline model, what you need to do, it's all about um, 
adopting more of a shot first mentality, especially when you have guys at the net. If you're if there's no one around the the net and you're firing a puck from the blue line, that kind of goes against what Montgomery's preaching, right? Um, of you know giving up puck possession, uh, having a limited you know quality chance there. But if you have guys crowding around grade A ice, take the shot, right? I mean, look at how many teams. I, I was looking at a lot of other contending teams and kind of the blueprint for what they do. A lot of the teams that are very consistent in terms of their scoring, be it in the regular season and especially in the playoffs, a lot of it's offense generated from the blue line, right? Like we all know Carolina, a lot of their chances are off the forecheck, but it's guys activating, adding that extra layer of attack. And whether it's, I mean, you, you go through all the guys, Brent Burns, even Brett Pesci, uh, Brady Shea, all those guys know when to jump up and kind of add that extra level of attack. And then even look at Florida, right? Florida, I think, had uh, three of their defensemen were in the top six of shots on goal. You got Montour, uh, Forsling, and Ekblad were all doing that throughout the season. Oh, Montour and, would never pass up a yeah, shot exactly, opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> but even, like, I was surprised to see Ekblad and Forsling that high up as well. But yeah, I mean, you saw it firsthand in the playoffs. Like, when you've got a really strong team that can force turnovers, hold on to the puck, win pucks on the forecheck, then all of a sudden you're collapsing your – uh, got tired legs, and all of a sudden a de- defenseman activates in the high slot, fires in a puck. It's pretty effective, and it's pretty damn demoralizing, as the Bruins saw last year. So, again, I don't know if they have to augment their whole scheme to be like the Hurricanes and the Panthers, but when you have some really talented guys on the blue line there, just start getting more pucks on that because you are you are having guys in and around the net kind of creating havoc there. So that's kind of, I think, been one of the main missing ingredients so far in terms of their approach in the offensive zone. And that was missing from Cassidy's teams a yeah. couple of years ago. Like that was one of the biggest things. I remember when they lost to Carolina in the first round that was, oh, we got to change up, you know, our, how the offense from our defense. And again, they had, the Bruins do have the personnel to execute that Lindholm, McAvoy, uh, you know, uh, Brandon Carlo is sneaky, pretty good at joining the rush. Yeah. Um, he's had some goals over the years, joining the rush and knowing when to go. Um, but then you, know, you also have, you know, a Shattenkirk, uh, a Lowry, a Grizzly, like those guys can uh, and and often do join the rush. And, and and I just think you just need to sort of convert on some of those chances. But I agree. And it shows that the Bruins can score those goals. Now, granted, Buffalo defensively is not great. A um, little bit of poo-poo back there. Not great. Um, but, you know, it's funny because they have a promising group. Power, Deline, uh, Clifton's back there, too. Um, you got in that. Like, Levi and Nett, Pekka Lukanen. Um, I think there's a lot of questions now with Levi of like, you know, did they throw him in the fire a little too quickly mm-hmm. up in Buffalo? So again, I, you know, but I, I do think that it's encouraging to see that. And, and you're right, you know, a little more offense from the defense. Uh, never hurts. Never hurts. Speaking of Grizzlick, returning soon. What kind of lineup decision do you think this is going to pose for them? Because it's going to pose a decision, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of discourse from us and from lots of people uh, over what ends up happening. Yeah, it's going to be really fascinating to see how they approach it. I mean, if you want to try to read the tea leaves of what Montgomery has said, um, you know, he's already said that Grizzly will be activated. I think he gets off of LTIR on next Saturday against the Rangers at MSG. And from what Montgomery says, he's playing. It's not like he's available and we'll let, he's like, no, we're putting him back out there. So is he replacing Lorai? Is he replacing Forbert? Who, again, I think Forbert's had his detractors in terms of we all know how good he is on the PK, but five on five play, I think he's leading. And again, plus minus, but he's been really pretty steady at five on five play this year. So it's not like an automatic that I think you 
you take Forbert out of the lineup just to keep Lori in there. Um, yeah, I, just to add to the Forbert thing, I was looking yeah. at uh, like natural stat trick and kind of just diving in on the analytics, and his numbers were very solid. Yeah. Like at five on five, especially. So I agree with you there. Yeah. So I mean, is it? Uh, do you put in Grizzlick on the right side with a third pairing of Fulbert and Grizzlick and, you know, you know Shattenkirk's the seventh D or, or what have you, right? Like, there's a lot of different options they can have there. I think right now, probably the most realistic one is Laura goes back down to Providence, gets steady reps and really works on his game. Again, that's not set in stone. He could have a fantastic stretch here against some good teams. Uh, Montreal maybe isn't that good, but you got... Tampa Bay on the road, uh, Florida on the road. Like, you're probably going to have a lot of tough matchups for him. If he impresses, then it, it gives the Bruins a good problem on their hands in terms of who slots out there. But I don't think it's a situation where I think, you know, I'm not saying that Lorai, you know, should be sent down just because of the numbers game or what have you. But I also don't think Grizzly should be penalized for being the guy that gets hurt and all of a sudden Lorai steps in here when – if you listen to what Montgomery has said, I uh, even asked him about it today of like, what has this decor been missing? He said that Grizzly's been one of their most consistent players all year in terms of not just killing plays and limiting uh, chances uh, on the rush, right? Where again, he's not the guy that's maybe back there disrupting plays, but where he can knock the puck loose, kill plays on the other end of the ice and limit how many times they're going back. Um, he, you know, he pays dividends there. Uh, Montgomery thinks he's been really shot ready and adding to that kind of extra layer of attack. So I don't think the Bruins are looking at this of like, all right, you got to earn your spot back here, Matt, like getting back into the lineup. They think he's, he's back in that spot for right now. So we guys think see just how kind of the pieces fall there, but ask me right now, I think probably Laura is the guy that goes, but to be determined, right? Yeah. To be determined. I just, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, Lowry, it's been six games now. Um, and, you know, again, I think he's going to be a phenomenal defenseman at the NHL level. Um, I think, you know, he's got the offensive abilities, the puck moving abilities. I just think there needs to be a little more seasoning in his own zone. And I think the eye test supports that. The advanced analytics certainly support that. Um, and again, like, I there's no rush. There's no rush to, to you know, and again, I, I'm very curious to see what he's like over the next week. Um because again, as you said, it's good teams, and it's it's it will be a legitimate test. But to me, I, I just go back to you know, Grizzly. You know what you're getting there, and they're competing. They're contending now. I mean, not that they weren't contending before, but they're the best team in the NHL at the moment. And you know, again, like it's hard to have someone in the lineup learning the defensive zone and that kind of stuff on the fly. Um, obviously he knows how to play in his own zone, but learning the, the ins and outs and the tendencies of other teams and different things like that. So, um, you know, I am not in the camp of, hey, trade Grizzlick. Grizzlick's got to come back and get a deal immediately, you know, because I just think that there's no there's no point to that. So um, I'm with you on that. Uh, definitely going to be a big decision. That's going to be a day that Twitter will definitely be on fire. Uh, there will be lots of takes, flying after duck. People are going to be like hot off Thanksgiving where they're arguing with their relatives, probably yes. over presidents, yes. probably over presidents. Over and then that DAs. decision. Yep. Yeah, well, that's the hot button topic these days. They're going to bring DAs. it up. Uh, YouTube comments are going to be uh, going to be a cesspool now. Sorry. Uh, the, haze, the haze stands, but I had to do it. You know, I had to do it to him, Evan. No, I had to do it to him. Hands over the, you know, hands, hands like the, like the meme. Yes. Um, but anyways, Connor, what can the people look forward to from you at Boston.com and the Boston Globe? Yeah, we're going to cover, uh, we're going to be covered every step of the way this season, whether it's game recaps, features, columns, all that good stuff. Uh, so you can read all of my stuff over at Boston.com. 
Um, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, X, whatever the hell it's called now, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. It is interesting. Like, I don't call Twitter X. I, I, it's no, Twitter. It will yeah. always be Twitter. Like, I, I, I see in his articles, it'll be like X, formerly known as Twitter. And it's like, yeah, I, like X? What are you talking about? What's X? Yeah. So, anywho, uh, that's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Poke the bear, listeners. Have a great rest of your week. <laughs>